Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Travel Media Lab podcast. I'm your host, Yulia Denisiuk, a photographer, writer, entrepreneur, dreamer, doer, community builder. Let's see, am I missing something here? Um, as you can see, I've been really busy working on a creative career of my dreams uh, for the past six years. And this podcast, Travel Media Lab, is my platform of sharing all the knowledge that I've gathered uh, in these years in this career with you. So welcome. I'm so, so glad that you're here. So today we're continuing our new summer reading bonus series in which I'm sharing with you some of my really favorite stories that I've published in various travel publications over the years. Today, it's going to be a story about the ethics of travel photography that was published this year in the Toronto Star newspaper, which is a Canadian uh, newspaper. And as I mentioned in the last episode, this summer reading series is an experiment. We've never done anything like this before, so it's really... Uh, would be amazing for us if we could get your feedback on what you think about this series. Are you enjoying it so far? Is it interesting to you? Uh, would you like to hear more uh, of episodes like this, perhaps, when we return back with our regular programming? Let me know. You can find me on Instagram at uh, In Search of Perfect um, and also at Travel Media Lab. Um, these episodes are an experiment also because they are less produced than our usual episodes. You might have noticed this, right? There is no music. There is no sort of special effects or anything. It's stripped down to a bare minimum of just me and my voice. And we're doing this because actually it's expensive to produce our regular episodes. You might not have been aware of this, but, um, for every episode I'm paying, uh, for somebody to produce it, to make it sound nice, right? To to drop, uh, to cut all the um, all the pauses and all of the things out of our episodes, so they sound really beautiful and well produced. And we want to continue doing that, and uh, we want to continue um, bringing beautiful stories to you, beautiful interviews with people in the travel media industry that you can learn from. So that's why uh, we are doing this right now. That's why we're having this summer reading series because we're currently looking for a sponsor uh, to sponsor our podcast so that we can continue offering you the episodes that you've come to enjoy um, over the past uh, two or three years that we've been writing this podcast. Oh my goodness, I, I can't believe it's been so long already. So to do that, we also need your support. We need your support. So if you like this episode, if you like the episode uh, that came out last week when we talked about um, where I talked about uh, freezing my eggs in Barcelona, please share it on social, right? It's It doesn't take that long to uh, put up something uh, really small about uh, the podcast or about the episode that you heard on social media. But what it means is that but every share that we get is a potential new listener uh, that can be added to our Trouble Media Lab community. And a new potential listener means more brands will be interested in working with us and uh, helping us continue with this effort of offering Travel Media Lab to you. So you can see how it's a circle, right? Everybody is connected uh, 
uh, everything we do matters. So again, please, if you are enjoying this podcast, if you've been enjoying it for years now, if you've been listening to it, please take a moment, just share it uh, on social or share, share it with your friends that you think might enjoy it as well. It would help us so much. And also let me know how I'm doing, right? Let me know how you're enjoying these summer reading series, because again, it's an experiment and I'd love to hear what you think. All right, with that said, let's get into this episode. It's a story I published in the Toronto Star called A Lens on the World. Photography has transformed the way I travel. What I try to show helps me find wonder wherever I go. On a breezy winter morning, I scurried down a leafy street in Hanoi, Vietnam's capital, in search of a morning cafe. Before I can get to my daily caffeine fix, though, I freeze. Facing a busy road as motorcycles whiz by her, a woman is selling local street goods, lottery tickets. The world around me stops for a moment. In a state of flow, I press the shutter. To be good at capturing life, I have to anticipate what happens next. When I come to a new destination, I first try to absorb everything unfolding in front of me. The sights, the smells, the sounds, the rhythms of a place. Traveling is powerful because it takes us out of our routines and inserts us in the middle of the routines of other people. But we have to pay attention. I have always been an observer of people, keenly aware of our cultural differences, but also of our shared humanity. I was born in Kazakhstan and grew up in Estonia, and that family geography meant that every summer I traveled back and forth between these two very different places, one decidedly European, even in Soviet times, the other decidedly Asian. I picked up my first camera, a yellow point-and-shoot Kodak film, at age 10. In my 30s, I became a travel photographer and writer with a mission to tell stories that celebrate our diversity and also share how, more often than not, we're quite alike. At its best, travel photography tells the story of a place through its people, food, streets, architecture, and culture. And isn't that why we travel? to learn something about each other, to understand a world that's different from our own, and to help build bridges rather than walls. Photographing people is one of the central aspects of travel photography, and to me, it is a sacred task. Too often, I see photographers in the field taking pictures without asking permission first, invading others' personal space, and assuming they have this right. Emotions like mistrust, contempt, or discomfort travel through the lens, and when a portrait is taken without permission, you can see it in the final work. Before taking out my camera, I tried to establish rapport with the people I photograph. At a minimum, I ask my subjects for their permission to be photographed. I've always believed that the people in my story should be my partners in storytelling. Some time ago, a major publication approached me to do a story about the Bedouin community in Wadiram, Jordan's southern desert on the border with Saudi Arabia. 
Before I said yes, I wanted to make sure that the people I was about to photograph were on board with the story and that they trusted me to represent their culture and beliefs. I'd spent years traveling to Wadiram and I had developed relationships inside this community, so it was my honor to do this work when they said yes. To tell thoughtful stories that represent traditions and cultures accurately and with respect, we have to invest time and effort into building those relationships. While it's not always possible for travelers to spend weeks or months somewhere, it is still useful to adopt this long-term mindset. It can help us think about what happens to a place long after we leave it and the effect our visit may have on the people who live there. Traveling with my camera, I also want to ensure I don't perpetuate the colonialist narratives that plague my line of work. Instead, my goal is to tell stories about people the way they'd want these stories to be told. I ask myself, does what I'm portraying play into a tired narrative, or does it try to show a different side? With many assignments in the Middle East, I often see images of war-torn villages, conflicts, and desperation. And by the way, war-torn here is in, is in uh, quotation marks, because that is actually a stereotype that a lot of these um, media portrayals of the Middle East often show. That's the stereotype of the region that Western audiences have absorbed. But the Middle East is not a monolith. It contains a multitude of cultures, beliefs, and economic and political situations. My profession has also helped me approach situations I encounter on the road with humility, shedding the need to impose my beliefs on someone else. Across the globe, the standards of women interacting with others in public vary wildly, for example. In the Chinese province of Zhejiang, I took a portrait of a young woman wearing traditional attire for a theater performance. I could rarely do that in Jordan, as women prefer not to be photographed, especially by a stranger. During my visit to Iraq Alamir, a cooperative of women artisans in Amman, I respected that wish and asked if I could photograph their activities instead, without revealing any faces. This simple shift helps us build a level of trust with each other and understanding that says, I see you and I respect you. That orientation toward humility and respect has served me well in my travels, allowing me to access to spaces I believe I wouldn't have otherwise gotten. Over time, I've developed a personal philosophy that guides my visual work. Our world is diverse and multi-layered. It is also quite unfair and ruthless at times. And so I try to introduce a bit of wonder, reminding viewers that it exists, even in the midst of complexity and pain. What I seek to portray with my camera helps me find wonder wherever I go. All right, thank you so much for listening today. I hope you jo uh, enjoyed. Um, listening to this article that I wrote for the Toronto Star that was published this year called A Lens on the World. And if you did enjoy this episode, please 
let us know, share it on social, or DM me on Instagram at In Search of Perfect or at Travel Media Lab. And you can find the link to the story I just read, plus all the episodes in the summer reading series in the show notes as well. Stay tuned for another story next week, and I'll see you very, very soon.